You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Fritzy has rebounded from a horrible start. Did I? Yeah. Enough to enough of a rebound? Well, you didn't do anything in last hour, but you did nothing, absolutely nothing in the first hour. Wow. Like, you didn't do anything negative last hour. First hour, you did. Just enough to keep the job. Yeah. Yeah. And you got Brent Musburger booked coming up here in a little bit. So, you know, put your we're, rally cap we're on. almost at a push. Yeah. Put almost. Your, put your rally cap Let's on. Let's do it. All right. Reggie in Mississippi joining us uh, on the program. Reggie, good morning. How are you today? Morning, DP. How are you, man? Great. What's up? Listen, I, I, that first couple of hours, I thought, I thought, I thought Todd got the uh, Toby Flinderson from the office treatment there. So I'm glad he's rebounding and and everything. I'm happy for him. Um, uh, real quick, uh, I'm just uh, talking about. I'm a, I'm a HBCU grad, uh, Alcorn State here in Grenada. Uh, Fred McNair, he's the brother of Steve McNair. He coaches there. But what Deion Sanders is, is doing, man, teaching those life lessons and and getting those. Uh, top recruits, man. I can't be more happy for uh, HBCU football, man. I can, I, I can only wish to see uh, us getting uh, some of those uh, NFL draft picks like we did in the 70s and yeah. 80s. I love to see those days back. So thanks for taking my call, man. All right, Reg. Thank you. Reggie is a little concerned for you, Todd. That was very uh, thoughtful of him. It was very nice. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope Dion's if he wants to stay at Jackson State and he can continue to get these recruits, great. I just get the feeling that he's going to now be offered a job, a big job, and it makes sense because now it's like, well, we don't know if Dion can be a head coach in college football. And uh, then you start to see him get a couple of these recruits. They win 11 games this year, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay. Um, I mean, you do a lot of retreads with college coaches. Uh, you go from one job to another. If I'm got it, if I'm Florida State, you know that's where you go. Dion, come on back. Sorry, we 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 messed up. And part of that feels like you know Dion wanted to say to Florida State, "Oh, you think this recruit's going there? He not. I'm going to shock the world." And he did. And then he got another recruit. But I do think that they're following Dion wherever Dion is, not necessarily because it's Jackson State. Yes, he. It does kind of feel like, though, that the combination of Dion and NIL maybe has opened up a door for, you know, historically black colleges and universities to retain that talent that normally would be going to other places. I don't know how much money is involved in this. I've yet to hear something that is uh, what I feel like accurate instead of just rumors. You know, did uh, Barstool help? You know, that that was a rumor because Dion, you know, has a show on Barstool or relationship with him. And are they funding this? I don't know. But it feels like it's more about just Dion Sanders and that magnetism that he has. And you have these two players who are probably going to play in the NFL. And what better way to learn than from Dion Sanders? And he's proven that he can coach. He's certainly proven he can recruit. I just don't know how long he's going to stay. By the way, the quarterback for each of the last four national title winners has played two interception-free games while posting at least 500 passing yards and five or more touchdowns in the playoffs. Trevor Lawrence did it in 2018, Joe Burrow in 2019, Mac Jones 2020, Stetson Bennett this year. 
Stat of the day. Yes. Stat of the day. I'm pap, back. Pap. Stat of the day. Stat of the day. Here comes that what? what? Stat of the day. So we'll talk to Brent Musburger. He'll join us coming up here in about 15 minutes. We do have some merchandise. We have a great new T-shirt, the uh, Aaron Shrugs T-shirt. Go to danpatrick.com to see that. Also, a few calendars. I asked them to print up a few more calendars. Had people reaching out saying that they didn't get one, not able to order one over the holidays. We have a few of them that uh, are signed as well. Go to danpatrick.com. Check out all the gift giving that we have post-holidays. Poll question, final hour. Todd, what are we going to do? We're going to go with this. Will NFL MVP voters not give Tom Brady an MVP vote because he has too much already? 51% <laughs> say no, 48% say yes. Okay. Or 49% say yes. Yeah, all right. Right down the middle. Uh, I don't know if the vote, who knows? You know, we've already heard from one voter who said he wasn't going to vote for Aaron Rodgers because he's the biggest jerk in the league. I don't know what they're going to factor in and not factor in. Because it's open to interpretation. What is value? Is is Tom Brady more valuable because he's older? He's doing it at 44? Aaron Rodgers, with what he's done so far for his team, the number one seed? Uh, Joe Burrow, in an unbelievable story with Cincinnati. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, with what he did with the Colts. T.J. Watt, what he did with the Steelers. Like you, There's viable candidates here. But it just feels like it's Aaron Rodgers. And, it, and I go back to that game where the Saints shut out the Buccaneers, and it felt like that was enough for voters to say, not going to give it to Tom. And if I'm Tom, I would use this the way Michael Jordan did when Carl Malone won the MVP and when Charles Barkley won the MVP. Because guess who won the title both of those years? Michael Jordan did. Maybe. Now, it's different because Brady can't take over a game like Jordan could. You know, there's only five guys on each team out there. You know, Brady's not playing defense. Mike got a chance to, you know, know, people forget Michael had the strip of Carl Malone that led to the jumper that beat the Utah Jazz. Mike had an unbelievable defensive play, but that's not mentioned. It's the jumper. Well, the push-off, and then the jumper. Yes, Todd? Now, Tom Brady was upset about not being player of the week or player of the month. Imagine (laughs) how much that would be magnified. I know you could use it as momentum and motivation, but to not get the MVP, someone that was upset that Belichick didn't honor him as player of the week? Thank you, Todd. Welcome. I was watching some NBA last night. I was flipping back and forth because I wanted to see my guy, LaMelo Ball. He uh, had a uh, jumper, a floater with 15 seconds to go. Hornets beat the Bucks. Uh, He had 23 points. Um, I also, I didn't see the game, but uh, DeMontis Sabonis had 23 rebounds last night, 11 points and 10 assists. So he's, that's his third triple-double. He has 16 career triple-doubles. You normally don't think of Sabonis as somebody who's going to get, and I I keep thinking he's going to end up with another team. Feels like he's one of those guys that, is going to get traded by the Pacers. Yeah, I'm pulling. What, wasn't it Hakeem Olajuwon had a couple quadruple doubles? Maybe David Robinson, where it's like they had assists and blocks, blocks. and points and rebounds? Yeah. I, I, for some reason, I remember Hakeem getting maybe one or two of those. Does that, That's got to be as rare as it gets, right? Uh, yes. I, 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 I don't know if Matumbo might have done that, but uh, it feels like Hakeem. I loved Hakeem Olajuwon. 
Underrated. Great footwork. Unbelievable defensive player. I, you can make a case. Now, I know Bill Russell, that's a different era, that Akeem Olajuwon is the best defensive player in NBA history. Because I think he's the all-time leader in block shots, and he might be up there pretty high in steals. If, if you... Like you don't think of a center, but you know, I I never looked at Akeem as a center. He was just a player. Yeah, Pauline. Uh four players have had a quadruple double. Okay. Uh I think Anthony Davis did get one. I've got to check on okay. Anthony Davis. Okay. One person had it twice, and then there's three other dudes. Did we mention any of the dudes? We mentioned one already moments ago. Akeem Olajuwon? Twice. Okay. I mentioned one of them about 45 seconds ago. 45 seconds, yeah. Uh, the Admiral. Okay. David Robinson had 34, 10, 10, and 10. Ooh. Right on the screws. Ooh, okay. Um, if you get the other two, I will buy your lunch. Either of the other two. More old school. One's an 80s guy. Okay. He's been referenced on this show before, but it's not a household name. The other's a 70s guy who more your era and you know. Kareem? No. Okay. The 80s guy was... Uh, he won Defensive Player of the Year a couple times. He was known for being a little crazy from a few guests told us. Alvin Robertson? Alvin Robertson had a Ooh. quadruple double. Is Nate Thurman? At a boy, you get lunch. Nate da, Thurman, da, da, da. October 8th, 1974. It's a to-go lunch because I, I don't <laughs> okay. want you. If it's at the place, you'll drink me dry. Yeah. That's, um, you didn't say drinks. You said lunch. Hall of Famer Nate Thurmond had 22 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, and 12 blocks against the Atlanta Hawks, shockingly. All right. All right. Good. I still got it. That's your era, though. If you, for sports, isn't it like um, late 60s to early 80s for your like, knowledge? Probably. Like that window where you're like... Well, but you know, when I did SportsCenter, I had to know about everything more so then. It's, you don't... The stuff that you remember when you're a child, you never forget. You know, before girls, beer, mortgages, jobs, like you just, I just soaked it all in. Stupid trivia. Because I knew one day it was going to come in handy. Yes, yeah, Is that why we remember phone numbers? Because back then, like, you just, I, like, I still remember a bunch of my old home phone numbers or maybe some friends' phone numbers. Is that because you were just always plugging them into your phone? You always had to actually dial them? And now you'll never get rid of them. Whereas now you just hit somebody's name. Yeah. There's, you know, if you lose your phone, you're like, uh, I got to call somebody. I don't know their number. No idea. I still know my bookie's number in Pittsburgh. And I, I ran into his son at the uh, Radio Hall of Fame. And as soon as I saw him, I said, Dave, and I spit his phone number. He goes, oh, my God. <laughs> and it's been... A long, long time since I used to call Tony in Pittsburgh. Yes. Yeah, do you have a home phone number now or do you just have a cell phone? I have a home uh, home number. Yeah. Yeah. I got the, you know, the hangs on the wall. Oh, and, you have like one of those like old school. Yeah. Old timey kind yeah. of phones, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. 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 It works. Yeah. People are amazed. They're like, what's that? I go, that's, that's a phone. Does it work? I go. Yes. So you tell them it's original? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's original yeah. with the house. <laughs> it came with the house. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably. A bunch of my dopey grade school friends, like eighth grade friends, they did this thing the other day, like uh, about a year ago, can you name everyone else's phone number in the group? And we all crushed it. 
you know, because you, you have five or six friends growing yeah. up, eighth, ninth, tenth grade, and there was no, you didn't have a, a notepad, you didn't keep any, you had them in your head. Do you know Seton's phone number? No, I know yours off the top of my head. I think I can get yours. Yeah. I know my wife's, I know yours. That's it. Seton, do you know Paulie's? No, no, I have no idea. You know Fritzy's? Not even close. Yeah. I, I kind of, I have an idea of yours. I think that if I had to, I could get yours first out of anybody. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Fritzy and I have had the same number since we met. I've had the same number since 2000. Fritzy's, I think, had the same number since I met him in 02. Dan, your phone, I think, maybe 0405 is when you got your phone, and I remember your number. Yes. Your number is 203 <laughs> Tell me if I'm, tell me if I'm right. <laughs> Oh, no, that's something Todd would do. Yeah. I totally was trying to make sure I didn't start yeah. showing you that I know his you, numbers. You're really good with numbers. Do you know Paulie and Seton's phone number? I do. You do. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it out loud. You have to trust me that I know. Well, no, just I if you give out one, then people can try to guess if it's Paulie's or Seton. Yeah, I definitely know all three of you guys' numbers. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't know your number. Todd, when you call us or text us, do you input the number or do you hit the name? I hit the name. Mm. Yeah. Everything else I do the long way, but for that, uh, you know, I, I will, uh, you know, if I start typing the first couple letters of your guys' names, the number comes up, and that's certainly quicker. Uh, I know you guys love my long texts all hours of the night. Yes. Well, you sent out a Stetson Bennett text last night early. I Very early. Yeah, and I'm thinking, hmm. I don't know. I shut the door on Stetson and the dogs yeah. five minutes into the first Freezing quarter. cold takes there by Fritzy. Really? Yes, uh, Seton. Well, last night we got the first um, picture of Andrew Luck from Paul. And then about an hour later, we got another picture from Andrew Luck of Andrew Luck from Paul. And I was very confused. I wasn't sure what to do. So I just sent a picture of French onion soup. Oh, that, that was great. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I feel like I need to participate somehow. Uh, what would Paul like here? Because I don't know what to do with the Andrew Luck pictures. But here, here's French onion soup. Paul was in heaven when he saw Andrew Luck on SportsCenter. Oh, that was me, not him. He's getting all these different looks. Like, he's here he is smiling. Here he is serious. Here he is. It's like seeing a ghost. I know. Uh, Jimmy in Indianapolis. Hey, Jimmy. Six foot, soft, 235. All right. Uh, yeah, it's really rough when we see Andrew Luck once at Blue Moon here. Um, last night sucked as soon as that popped up on ESPN and about 10 text messages from friends talking about how good this team would be if we still had him. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's rough. He's still around. You'll see him like on the public transportation with his kid and stuff like that. So it makes it really hard to approach him because, you know, you don't approach people with, you know, with their families, but he's real private. There's a lot of stuff with some of the nonprofits here in Indy still, but it's very rare that we see him out. All right. Well, thank you, Jimmy. Yeah. Paulie was all geeked out, man. Doing his, doing his impersonation. I could hear your text. Oh yeah. You know, when, when you sent it, I could just imagine that you're typing it in. You're going, Oh, Doing your Andrew Luck. I don't text. It's a flip phone, and I call people like a gentleman. Aren't you fascinated, though, by this guy and and that retirement? Yes. The fact that he's gone two and a half years without an interview of any type. I know. I know. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up. And uh, Brent Musburger, who's the voice of the Raiders on radio, he'll join us. The legendary Brent Musburger. Did he have money on the game last night? Back after this, Stan Patrick Show. It's a new year. So you got to ease into it. A lot of times you'll get somebody go, I'm going to the gym. I'm starting off the new year. And that only lasts about two weeks. But I got something that you can try 
and you can ease into it. It's M-Drive Boost and Burn. It's a daily supplement for driven guys. And you want to shed that holiday weight, give yourself some energy. You want to crush your fitness goals no matter how old you are. It's packed with clinically tested ingredients that naturally burn more body fat. And, and you know, M-Drive Boost and Burn is a change that you can make. And you could start your day off right. MDriveDan.com, free shipping, 60-day money-back guarantee. You can also find it at Walgreens Rite Aid and Vitamin Shop. New Year's resolutions don't work. We don't stick to them. But make a small change today that could have a lasting impact throughout the year. Try M-Drive Boost and Burn, lose weight, get more energy, and perform at your very best. M-Drive Boost and Burn. Don't let age beat you. Refind your prime with M-Drive. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. More phone calls coming up, 877-3DP-SHOW. He's uh, the lead broadcaster, and he is the managing editor at Vegas Stats and Information Network, Raiders play-by-play voice, and uh, one of the great broadcasters in history. He's Mr. Vegas. He's Brent Musburger, joins us on the program. Good morning, Brent. How are you? Good morning, Dan. I'm fine. How are you, lad? I'm going. I'm I'm doing well. How much money did you have on last night's game? <laughs> Let's say I have to still continue working. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my tie didn't. Uh, probably my worst pick of uh, of the year. But uh, I guess Nick Saban has to lose a big game every now and again. It w- it was an interesting game. Uh, you know, far different from many of the college championship games that we have seen. But listen, hail Georgia. And speaking of Georgia, what about what that state has done? They win the World Series with the Braves, and now they win the uh, National College Championship you know, with the Bulldogs. And uh, what's wrong with the Falcons? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not going to happen anytime soon there. little pressure on the Atlanta Hawks. Do you have a limit on how much you bet? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, I'm a strictly a recreational better. I would I would have been busted a long time ago if I tried to make a living out of it. Uh, I, listen, I'm more of a hundred dollar better than a thousand dollar better. Okay, uh, that's what I that's what I would say, Dan. Best bet you ever made? Best bet I ever made probably was on at most recent was certainly uh, the Raiders. On last Sunday's game, when we uh, we went far into the night to finally beat the uh, the Los Angeles Chargers, that certainly is the most the most recent one yeah. that I've been able to catch. I'm and I also to... had the Raiders over seven and a half wins. I thought that was a low total for them yeah. going into the season, uh, but I had to sweat it out in the end. And of course, with their their win streak at the end of the season, they did go past and wound up with ten victories. I'm trying to understand the fallout from the Chargers-Raiders game, that that the criticism that Brandon Staley is receiving. Do you think the Raiders were going to play for the tie? Well, I think the possibility existed, okay? Uh, I don't think they wanted to put Carlson on a field for a, uh, you know, nearly a 60-yard field goal. However, I really don't blame um, Staley and the Chargers for that timeout, Dan. I, they failed to execute 
when Josh Jacobs got loose on that last run. I mean, somebody could have stepped in there and made the tackle, and then it would have been up to the Raiders to make the consideration. I, I certainly think uh, that they were thinking about it over on the sideline because if they had missed a long field goal at that instance with a handful of seconds left, then you certainly would have given Herbert one final chance to push it down the field, and he was he was magnificent in the fourth quarter. But but you know Staley wanted to adjust his personnel on the field. The linebacker that he took out, Murray, uh, has been a bit of a disappointment to the Chargers, and he took himself out of the game earlier in the fourth quarter. Mm. I just happened to notice that from up in the uh, up in the radio booths. They wanted to get him out for a starter run defender, and it didn't work out. Jacobs Jacobs made the cut. And and they didn't execute. But I honestly don't. I don't. We don't know what would have happened if they hadn't called the timeout and kept the pressure. The one thing that the Raiders did do after the timeout, which might have made it easier for Jacobs, a car had lined up was going to be on the shotgun uh, before the Chargers called the timeout, and then he moved up underneath center. That allows him when he pivots to hand off. Jacobs can be moving at a higher rate when he hits that line. Uh, and that may have helped uh, Jacobs explode and then and then pick up the additional yards and they were able to bring Carlson out for the tight end. I honestly blame Staley more for his fourth and eight fourth down going for it back on his own eighteen yeah. yard. I thought that was completely arrogant. Now we didn't score a touchdown after that, but we did kick a field goal. All right. I, th- I think, listen, I understand analytics, but you don't win games with analytics. You win it with human beings. And you had the better football team. I don't think there's any question that man for man, the Chargers have better talent and more experienced talent down the line. So you go ahead and punt in that situation and uh, and let your team uh, take over. I, I thought that was the biggest uh, mistake that he made, not necessarily that the final timeout that everyone seems to be talking about. But Al Davis hat would be rolling over in his grave if he knew the Raiders played for a tie and allowed a divisional <laughs> opponent to make the playoffs. Like nobody's talking about that, Brent. That the Raiders, I guess, gave consideration to play for a tie. Exactly. And can you imagine, Dan? Can you imagine what was going on in the city of Pittsburgh? Yeah. I mean, it was it was past midnight, and if the game had wound up in a tie, as you say, a division opponent the Chargers would have also gotten into the playoffs. There's one There's one other thing that you should consider about the, uh, the Raiders' decision, and I'm assuming that the coaching staff knew about it. If the Raiders had tied the Chargers and both had gone to the playoffs, the Raiders would be going to Kansas City this week and not Cincinnati. Now, I'm not taking any away from Cincinnati. Joe Burrow, a marvelous young quarterback, okay? But the Raiders, they wanted, they want no part of the Kansas City Chiefs again. I mean, the Chiefs have put 40 points on them in each of their two victories this season. So, so obviously, they would prefer to go to Cincinnati, although the Bengals, I've got to point out, the Bengals put 31 on them in Las Vegas, and uh, Burrow didn't even throw for many yards. Derek Carr made a couple of big mistakes in the fourth quarter, and the Bengals pounced on it and uh, and won the game rather easily. But I think... Any coach would say, yeah, I think I'd rather go play the Bengals. There's a question about that injury that Burrow suffered uh, a couple of weeks ago. 
rather than go in and, and face the Chiefs. I agree, City. Brent. I brought that up yesterday. I'm like, people are missing a bigger story here. You don't want to play Kansas City because they've blown you out both times. And exactly. yes, you have to go cross country to play against Cincinnati, but Cincinnati, they're newbies getting into the playoffs here. Um, like you want to play for the win. I had people who said this yesterday, you know, the Raiders still hold a grudge against uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and they would have tried to keep the Steelers. I'm going, these players now have no idea what the hell happened with the immaculate reception. I mean, come on. They want to exactly. keep Pittsburgh. Hey, they won Pittsburgh. I'd rather face Pittsburgh in the playoffs than I would the Chargers. So, you know. For sure. I, for sure. Because remember now, the Raiders went to Pittsburgh first of the season, yeah. and they beat the Steelers in, in, in Pittsburgh. There's certainly no doubt about that. that. I don't think that prospect ever <laughs> entered into their mind. <laughs> I don't okay? think so either. You have to be selfish. You have to be selfish down on the sideline. And, uh, and so be it. I mean, uh, I will tell you that Josh Jacobs, from my mind, played his best game of the year. Uh, He has not been completely healthy, and it showed up on that run. And then, you know, Daniel Carlson has been the Iceman, and, uh, you know, five game-winning kicks. My goodness, what what a year he's had as a kicker. And and so be it. And I'm happy for Derek Carr. He finally gets to uh, play in a a playoff game. The last time the Raiders made it, he was a quarterback, but he suffered a broken leg. Week 16, he did not play down in Houston, and the Texans eliminated the uh, eliminated the Raiders. But it'll be interesting because you know, Dan, as you so well know, the uh, the Cincinnati Bengals have had that long playoff drought. Okay, you have to. I don't even know that Bo Jackson was in the NFL the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. So uh, that's a long, long time ago, and uh, we'll see what happens. I'm sure the city is very excited. Um, I can't wait to see my favorite restaurateur, Jeff Ruby. Speaking oh, yeah. of guys who like to wager on football games, <laughs> Jeff Jeff is a degenerate better. I mean, he he, he frequently texts for information. What, <laughs> what do you think this week? What do you think? <laughs> uh, we're well, talking we to uh, Brent Musburger. He's the voice of the Raiders. They have the game with the Bengals coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, all these tributes to uh, John Madden. I forgot that. You were was that at the Rose Bowl that you you uh, worked with John when you were at CBS? Yes, uh, it was at the Rose the Bowl, the Super Bowl. But it it was a Super Bowl, and it was the Rams who were playing the Steelers. And to give you a background, um, we had signed John, and we weren't too sure if he was going to be better in the studio oh. or doing games, and so we put. John up on the roof, and uh, he was talking primarily about the Steelers, the AFC. And we also signed George Allen, and he was going to talk about the NFC. So I had both of them up on the roof. And uh, by the time I got finished, I said to Van Gordon Sauter, who was our uh, head of the sports guy, I said, man, uh, John Madden's got potential to be a star. He's just so entertaining when he, when he talks. You never know where he's going to go. Uh, and and you listen carefully to him, and uh, he was a star up on the uh, up on the roof that day. There was there was no doubt about Terry Bradshaw on the Steelers, of course, defeated Vince Ferragamo on the Rams and uh, and won that particular Super Bowl. And another thing about John is that Van Gordon Sauter, rather than start him out with uh, Pat Summerall or Vince Scully, who are our two lead play by play guys, he put him with Gary Bender. 
And, and Gary Bender really, really taught uh, John Madden the ins and outs of, of working up at a booth, and it was such a good relationship. And then when the debate began as to who uh, Madden would work with, uh, Van again made an outstanding decision. Van initially wanted him to work with Vince Scully. And uh, then he was talked out of it by uh, several people on the staff who felt that that John would have more breathing room working a booth with Summerall, and it was a it was a fantastic decision because the uh, the rest is history. John is John one of the more entertaining people that I've ever been around. We we finished up our N- NFC coverage. We didn't have the Super Bowl one year in Chicago, and John, of course, was riding the train. Then uh, a lot of people thought he was. Fearful of flying. That's not the case. He was claustrophobic, and uh, we always had a room in a hotel, either the third floor or lower for him. But I, but I kind of felt sorry for him headed to the train station. And I said, John, let me let me cancel my airplane reservation. We'll take the train back to New York. And of course, it was the winter time, and <laughs> I'll never forget. We had two breakdowns, one in upstate New York, and I think we got into. Grand Central, about 1618. So I left. I said, John, I love you, my man. You're great. But I just took my last train trip back from a football game. Oh, yeah. He was, uh, yeah, he he was a delight. What a a great life. Uh, You know, first of all, uh, one of the more entertaining coaches. Why did he retire at 42, though, Brent? Well, I think he was exhausted. Uh, I, and, and listen, part of it was still the claustrophobia. I mean, and the claustrophobia includes not wanting to get into a tightly uh, controlled airplane up in the air. Wow. Okay, I mean that 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 was not a small part. But he had, he felt he'd done what he'd done, and uh, it was time to move on. And uh, you know, he had the two sons, and, and uh, a great family man, and and so uh, you know, he took a shot at broadcasting. Didn't know anything about it. Uh, hadn't paid a whole lot of attention to it and uh, was able to come in and be the most dominant analyst, certainly, of our time. I, I, tell, young, I, I tell young analysts, I said, listen, the one thing that John did better than any analyst is didn't start talking right away. He used his monitor. They, they failed to understand that the camera sees so much more than the naked eye. And, and week after week after week, I hear these guys jump in and they really don't know what they're looking at. Okay. And last night there was, uh, there was chaos in the early going what appeared to be, for example, a, a Georgia touchdown on, on a fumble. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, the truck, you, you have to be very patient. And John always was because you wait for that right angle to come back, which showed clearly uh, that Bryce Young's arm was moving forward last night. And, uh, and John was John was outstanding. And then we had a cameraman at CBS that John Madden controlled. And during the game, he would look for those sidebar stories. Um, you know, what's under the bench and what, what kind of gloves were players wearing. Wait, wait, how did he control the cameraman? Well, he was the one who would tell the truck, uh, go over to, you know, go over to the Cowboys bench. Uh, I look behind it. I, I see some things over there that look interesting. He would tell the truck during commercial timeouts to send the uh, sideline cameraman to look for those special, especially if the game was close, Dan, it was important and things were going back and forth. He didn't worry so much about that. But John Madden was the greatest ever in a blowout, okay, because he looked for those sidebar stories that kept you entertained, gave, gave you a chuckle going forward. And of course, he invented Thanksgiving, 
with the turkey presentation uh, after the game. And those those were ideas that came from John Madden. And also, he was the first analyst who insisted uh, that there was a meeting the night before the game. I know of pregame meetings in which uh, the crew was actually in there for about three hours looking at tape with John, and he would go over different things. He he was a teacher as much as anything else when uh, when he worked back in the days at uh, CBS as our top analyst. Always great to catch up with you. Good luck uh, this weekend against Thanks, the, the Bengals, and uh, we'll catch up with you soon. Thank you, Brent. You got it, Dan. Take care, my man. That's Brent Musburger, Hall of Famer. I can listen to those stories. You know, sometimes you forget stories that you have. And Brent's been around, you know, since the early 70s. It's like Al Michaels. They just have incredible memories. And I do say this to my broadcast students at Full Sail University. You know, having a great memory, great recall is really important. And you almost have to train yourself that you, you remember things and, and remind yourself of things. Because when you have that at your beck and call and you're able to say, oh, it's that or that's the person. Because a lot of this, if you do play by play, a lot of it, you know, you're ad libbing all of it. You have to be prepared those moments when you have to, you know, kind of look back 20 years uh, earlier or another player that you might compare that player to whatever it is. That that ability to have recall is so important. Uh, you know, Jim Lampley, uh, great sportscaster, unbelievable memory. Uh, Oberman, photographic memory. He might have as good a memory as anybody I've ever been around. Al Michaels is crazy great. He, he was when we were at the Olympics and we were in Russia. And I remember Al was talking about I was talking about the we are family Pittsburgh Pirates. And Al tells me, oh, I remember, and it was on this day, and the weather was this. He had, I I don't know if it was true, but I'm believing that Al was describing what the atmosphere was like, what the weather was like, where the game was, how it played out. Unbelievable. You know, he's got that, yeah, it's a Rolodex in his head. Bob Costas has that. Like you, Mike Tirico, great, great recall. But, you know, you'll find that it's a common thread with a lot of these elite broadcasters because they count on it. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls, what we learn, what's in store tomorrow after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app, at FSR, or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The popular broadcaster Dan Lebitard will be on the program. Wow. Yeah. Uh, this day in sports history coming up. Todd says don't take any phone calls, but I'm going to. Take a couple. It's all right. 
Todd, you don't need my permission. Todd is still a little down in the dumps from uh, hour one. He was talking to me during the commercial break, and he goes, "I'm a little immature you know, and sensitive like that." He goes, "You, you know, you hurt my feelings." And I didn't know if we were having a real conversation. Well, that was a genuine feelings I was sharing with you. That wasn't like some act for the scoreboard segment. I knew. I was opening up to you. I was like, you guys get piled on a little bit too much. Now. Okay. And then Todd said that social media said that Todd should just take off his shirt and walk out like Antonio Brown. And I got ah. about 45 reasons as to why I will not do that. Yeah. Um, will you have a poll question ready for tomorrow's show? I have a little note in my crazy notebook next to the guest boxes with little asterisks and reminders and like yellow highlighter to make sure that. Uh, but you remembered to do the scoreboard segment. I did. But those are like sometimes I'll do those a couple of days in advance because I'm like researching what's, you know, things that are birthdays and things happening on that day. But there was no excuse. So I should have had polls ready and I didn't. And that's bad. I didn't, I didn't have a limerick okay. or a mock headline. Okay. okay. And a first okay. hour guest. Okay. But if we want to rehash what I, all the things I did okay. not do. In the okay. But I said, did you bring this on yourself, some of this? That and, I, I, and I said, uh, I guess to a certain extent, for okay. the reasons I just mentioned. Yeah. Okay. But then, then you guys really smacked me around there. But we move on. And I didn't mope like I would normally do. I rallied in the second and third hour. But you couldn't wait to tell me two minutes ago that I hurt your feelings. Don't you want me to be able to? I know you're 20 years. I can't open up to you. Tell no, you, me if you, you, hurt my you can. I didn't. I'm, I'm sorry I hurt your feelings. It's okay. All right. I'll get over it eventually. By next Wednesday, I'll be fine. Yeah. But just make sure you don't repeat all the mistakes you made in the first There were hour. a lot of mistakes there. <laughs> no, that's all. There were a lot of mistakes. You would think that, uh, you know, I just okay, didn't show uh, up. You know, we don't have McLovin anymore. I know. We all okay, have to step so up. we have to do some things that McLovin used to do. That's all. That's We've we got to wear a couple more hats. Not a big deal. Yeah. And I dropped the ball and I'll pick it back up. Right. Anthony in Queens. Anthony, thanks for holding. What's on your mind this morning? Anthony? Anthony? Anthony. Let's say it like you're in Queens. Anthony! Hey, Anthony! <laughs> yes, sir. Sorry oh, about that. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's on your mind, Anthony? Uh, well, first of all, Happy New Year, 62235. All right. Got a chance to, um, I got a chance to watch the national championship game, and I didn't understand the last possession of Alabama. They took their time. They were marching down the field. Now with forty-four, now they're at the forty-four yard line with less than just under eighty seconds and three timeouts. Why did they start bombing the ball and try to go for the end zone? They could have just sit there, and try to take their time, quick slant routes. They still had three timeouts left. I didn't understand their logic. I just wanted to hear your input on it. They did have three timeouts. I didn't understand their whole offensive philosophy last night. If if we're going to talk about not just what was happening in the final drive. Um, and, and, you know, right before the interception, he threw a great pass that was dropped. And, I mean, things changed quickly there. Uh, Kurt in Ohio. Hey, Kurt, what's on your mind? Hey, Dan, how you doing? I, everything's just gone after watching the show here, and I'm part of the group now that I'm laid up with a broken foot, so now I'm watching TV. <laughs> Well, so I, I hate I did, to say, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy you got a broken leg. You know, I'm sorry that you do, but I'm, I'm glad you do. Dan, don't, don't give me a broken leg. I just got a broken foot. Now, come on. Oh, so okay. I want to get this done because it's real quick. Uh, okay. Fritzy, your poll question tomorrow will be, what will be the biggest upset 
this weekend in football. And the other thing is, I watched that game last night, and are you telling me that I watched the best player in college football and Bryson Young? Because I didn't see that. I mean, that national championship game was garbage. Well, he was facing the best defense we've seen in college football in a little while. To be fair to him, and what he did against that same defense in the SEC title game, I, you know, is he the best player in college football? No, but you know, he checks all the boxes for winning a Heisman Trophy. And last night, he didn't play well. Didn't play well at all. He had 57 pass attempts. Like, don't you think Alabama, you think run? Now, they couldn't run against them. But you're getting three yards of carry, and I, I, there was no imagination creativity with the Alabama offense last night. That was the surprising part of all of that. KT in Los Angeles. KT? Well, yo, it's KC, but it's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, 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 that was Bill O'Brien last night. And it's unimaginative. You know, it almost yeah. reminded you of the Super Bowl when uh, Tampa Bay was able to shut down Patrick Mahomes and had him running for his life uh, last year against Kansas City. Uh, you know, that Raider-Charger game when people were talking about a tie scenario, I was like, nah, no way. I was tweeting all in that Al Davis would be rolling over in his grave <laughs> if that would have planned, been a plan and it happened. And I got a stat of the day, too. You were talking about Demontis Sabonis and 23 rebounds. That's weak. On November 4th, 19... Oh, can I get the music, please? Oh, okay. Here we go. KC. On November 4th, 1960, Wilt Chamberlain had 55 rebounds in one game against the Boston Celtics and Bill Russell. That's what I'm talking about. That's KC in Los Angeles. That's your stat of the day. The fact that he did it against Bill Russell, like you have 55 rebounds. Now, granted, shooting percentages back then weren't very good. You had more rebounds, but still 55 rebounds in a game for Wilt Chamberlain. And he did it against Bill Russell. He would always score against, you know, he would win the individual battle with Bill Russell. It was just Bill Russell had a better team. What Russell did for his team was better than what Wilt did for his team, usually. In, in big situations like that. 55 rebounds. This day in sports history, Paulie? Uh, a couple. 1973, owners of the American League baseball teams agreed to adopt the designated hitter at a trial basis. Yeah. Still on a trial basis. And in 2007, this was a big one because it was right about uh, when we were getting ready to do our show here. It was announced that David Beckham had signed a five-year, $250 million contract with the LA Galaxy. And we had him on. Our first week on the air. Yeah. Intelligence runs in the family, not this family. Innovation runs in the family. Extraordinary runs in the family. 2021 Mercedes-Benz range of SUVs every member is waiting to impress. Learn more at MBUSA.com. Mercedes-Benz, the best or nothing. Thanks for all the contributions, except for Todd. Talk to you tomorrow here, Dan Patrick Show. Not necessary. 